You are listening to episode 110 of the Remind Yourself Podcast. Welcome to the Remind Yourself Podcast, the podcast for physician moms just like you who want to ditch mom guilt, stop yelling, and start enjoying their lives today. I'm your host, Michelle Chestovich, certified life coach, family physician, and mom of four. If you want to overcome overwhelm for once and for all, this is the place for you. Hello, Mama Docs, and welcome back. Today, I have somebody that is going to give you some simple tools and tips that is going to motivate you in your life. As you know, I love bringing on guests that have empowering stories and wisdom for all of you amazing women and gentlemen who listen. And so today I want to introduce my most wonderful guest. We met in a coaching group last year, and she is just phenomenal. She inspires me all the time. So I, without further ado, I am going to welcome my fellow physician life coach. She has a podcast called Strong as a Working Mom that she will talk more about. Just want to say welcome, Dr. Carrie Holland. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Absolutely. When we first met, I believe it was in January, we were at a business coaching conference. And I was, again, just so inspired by your energy and enthusiasm about taking care of yourself. And I thought to myself, my people are going to want to hear this. So why don't you just tell us briefly about who you are and what you do? And then I'll ask you some very wonderful questions. Sure. Well, I started out as a family physician and working through my own burnout, I realized that fitness was really a key component of that. I've always been into exercise in some form or another pretty much all my life. Um, But then at the height of my own personal burnout, I didn't realize how much of a part fitness was in getting me through that. So much so that one of the things I did was go and get a personal training certification because I just needed something to take my mind off of my doctor job. And through that, I started training clients and realized, hey, I really love this. But then on top of it, people would keep asking about food and how to eat. Um, And I realized that I didn't have that training in my medical training to be able to answer those questions. So being the doctor that I am, and I imagine you can relate, I went and studied and took another test and got a health coach certification. And then I started coaching people. I was like, hey, I can train you, but I can also coach you on nutrition because they go together. Um, And then I realized that I was doing this and people weren't really following any of the things that we talked about. And I was like, why? And ultimately realized that it was the mindset piece that was missing. And it was, of course, it's all ironic because it was at the same time that I was going through probably some of the most difficult moments in my life and in my marriage that I found life coaching. And as I went through my own life coaching experience, I realized, oh, okay, this is it. This is what's missing. So again, another test, another course, another certification, but I felt like this was it. This was the keystone. And now I have turned that all into my full-time career. So now I am a full-time life coach for working working women and working moms. So I coach women to get strong, both inside and out. And there's three key pieces that I use when I coach. It's very simple. It's eating, it's moving, and then most importantly, it's thinking. And so that's what I do with my clients. I work with them one-on-one and we talk about all of those things because they all go together. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. And I love the way you're so honest about like, okay, so I'm going to like nerd out and like study and do better. But you know what? 
that's exactly what helps the people. Now, again, I don't have the experience in the training, although, again, my listeners have heard me say that I love to like run and bike and do all the things to move my body. And that probably helped me keep my head above water, again, when I've been burnt out as a physician for many years. But I love that you have this beautiful trifecta of nutrition, movement, and mindset. And I love that you named it so beautifully. You're like, this is the missing piece. Cause that's what I felt when I found coaching. I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't know that my brain could do these amazing things. No, no, I had no idea. Even just to be able to understand and create awareness around my thoughts, um, that in and of itself was so transformational for me that I feel like everybody just needs to know about this. So I really appreciate that you and I have this opportunity to go and share that with other people and especially other physicians and other physician moms who are juggling so much. So yes, it's just, it's been a huge change for me. So good. So I, again, I'm so like inspired and admire the work that you do, especially the strength piece, right? Like, again, I've been somebody who's like loved to move my body over the years as my body has aged and I've had a lot of injuries. I realized, you know what? I need to start doing some strength training. So with all like the physical therapy that I've done in the past. And then again, I did start doing strength training probably a couple of years ago and it's made a big difference for me, but I so admire that you're able to succinctly and simply explain it to others. So I don't know if you want to start with that, but I just think that's so awesome. So if I wanted to come to you and say, Hey, I want to get strong. What kind of, where would we even begin? Yeah. It's very individualized. So, I mean, my my most important message when it comes to exercise is to use it because you love yourself and not because you hate yourself. And so often I see women coming to me who have had a previous very negative relationship with exercise and have used it as a means to an end of some sort. It was punishment for how they ate, or it was a way to get into a certain piece of clothing, or it was five more minutes on the Stairmaster and then I'll get the booty that I want, but that's not it at all. So to be able to use exercise as a means of taking care of yourself, that is really my key concept. And to that end, yeah, I really love strength training. Like give me a barbell. I say it all the time, give me a barbell and plates and I am a happy camper, but I recognize that not everybody feels that way. And so my goal is to help whoever it is I'm working with find what it is. So I just actually just talked to somebody recently who used to do triathlons and that was her thing. She was an Ironman. Like she did all of these races. Wow. Then work, life, kids, she's a surgeon, all the things. And she was like, I fell away from that, but she got back into walking. And just even just to see the way that her demeanor shifted when she started talking about how good it was for her. And she just said it, she's like, it's good for my soul. And you could just see it in her face and that's it. So that's exactly it. I don't care what you do. I mean, I have people that are doing Zumba. I don't care. It's the goal is to find what it is that gives you that peace and is taking care of you and you do it. Like that's it. And in that process, right? It's finding that and then making it a habit and repeating it. That's how it gets you strong. Like that's it. So oftentimes we look at, I just want to be strong, but we don't look what, what it's going to take to get you there. And it's really, it's finding what what you love to do, right? Whether it's, you know, for you, whether it's running or me lifting weights or my client who's walking, like whatever it is, you find it and you do it over and over again. And that becomes your peace. That becomes your space. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so again, I feel very blessed and lucky that I grew up loving exercise and loving being part of sports teams and being pretty athletic most of my life. And that again is really, I feel carried me through a lot of the stressors of life and finding a community of other women that I could like run with or walk with. And like, number one, 
kvetch and share all the stressors. That was always very helpful, but also just to have that accountability to get moving. But I know I've talked to some people who just say like, you know, I think it probably would be helpful for me. I think I, you know, not only just physically for like my heart and my lungs to move my body a little bit more, but I do believe it would also help me relieve stress, but I just don't really enjoy it. How do you help someone like that find what it is that they do enjoy? A lot of experimentation and trial and error. Um, I mean, and again, even just what we were just talking about walking, like what about going for a walk? And I don't mean like to your, I mean, sure, we can start like walk to your mailbox, but like, what about just going out with your dog for a walk at the end of the day or whatever it is? You know, oftentimes some of, sometimes I run into people who have been, you know, for, you talked about it, like being former athletes and, oh, I used to really love swimming and then I got away from it. And then can you try that again? Can you go back to it? And again, at the same time, not holding yourself to this level of fitness that you had before, but really just going back to whatever it is that you loved because you just love doing it. You don't have to love exercise. Can you tolerate it? It's one of the questions that I will often ask. Can you tolerate it and experiment in that process and then ultimately find something that gives you that space to take care of yourself? So you don't have to love it, but I would hope that there's something out there, right? Like, I mean, pickleball is huge right now. Like find your, find your thing, try a little bit of everything. And that's just it. You have to be willing to try and experiment and maybe find some things that you really don't like in order to get to the thing that you really do like. It's kind of like going through our rotations, right? Like you go through our rotations, like, okay, I realize early on I was not going to be a surgeon. Fine. But you keep going until you find the thing that you do like. So I look at it that way. It's more of a trial and error. I love it. And sometimes I just think like, what did we enjoy as children? I mean, most of us love to run and jump. I mean, right? Like jump rope, whatever, do that for five minutes. But I also think this is really interesting. You brought up something that made me think about like the limited belief. You know, I'm sure you talk to clients about that, but like, I used to always think like, I don't like spinning, right? Like I once went to a spin class years ago. It was not the most fun for me. I'd rather be outside. And so then when I was contemplating getting a Peloton recently, I'm like, you know, I don't really like to exercise indoors. Like that was a limiting belief. I don't really like a bike. But then there was a part of me, right? Because I, with my coaching brain, I'm like, well, let's crack this open a little bit. Like maybe it'll be fun. What might I like about it? Well, you know, when it's 20 below, it'll be something I could do. And here's what I'll tell you, people. I was wrong, right? I allowed myself to experiment, to try some different things. And that limited belief was like bust open. So. I bet you talk to people about that when they say, I don't like this because we're very black and white thinkers, we docs. Well, and even to just, I think one of the things that I run into often is I was never an athlete or I'm not an athlete or I'm not a runner or pick your, pick your word, pick your identity. And that's okay. You don't have to, we're not using your past to determine your present. So just because you've never considered yourself an athlete before does not mean that that's not possible now. Just because you weren't a runner before does not mean that you can't be one now. And to be able to, part of this process is to be willing to question that long-held limiting belief, kind of like what you did, and say, is there any evidence that the opposite might be true? Maybe I am a Peloton star. Who knows? And you're not going to know until you try. And so it's having that willingness to just question your beliefs and then maybe go see for yourself that you are a runner and that you can do it and that you actually love it. So, yes. So good. And again, I did the opposite. I used it against myself. Like I was an athlete. I ran, you know, track in college. I used to be a really fast smiler. And then as I've gotten older and more injured and I've slowed down a little bit, like I would use it against myself that like I used to be a runner. 
And then I realized, okay, Michelle, this isn't making getting out for your like little jog. And I, and I don't mean to say that disparagingly, you know, when I get out for my run and it's much slower than it ever used to be when I'm saying like, I used to be a runner, that's not helping me. And so then I realized like, no, I am a runner. And actually I'm so happy that I'm out here running and yeah, I'm twice as slow as I used to be. And that's totally okay because I'm out here. I know it's good for my heart. It's good for my mental health. Yes. But I've had to do some uh, mindset work with that. Yes. And I do feel, especially in this group of physicians, that there is a certain level of expectation. Maybe you came from high school and you were a track star, or maybe you came from being a college athlete where you were a high level performer or whatever. And then being a physician and having a family or whatever, whatever things happen may have changed that for you, but it doesn't mean that new things aren't possible. But we often, we do, we go back to our past and let that determine what the future is going to be. And yes, so we spent a lot of time coaching through that to see that maybe something different is possible. And it may not be that you're running the same pace that you did 20 years ago, but that's okay. But totally. can you remember why you loved it in the first place? And that's exactly it. And that's part of what we do is to be able to find what it was that you loved about it in the first place, right? Like there's a certain rhythm that you get when you run, right? Like that pounding of your of your feet on the pavement or whatever tunes are busting in your ears or whatever whatever scenes you remember, like that can come back. You can still have that. And it doesn't matter what the pace on your watch says. Like that's, that's it. Totally. It's, about finding, it's about finding what brings you joy and feeling good about it. Not because I have to get to this certain level, right? Like I really try to help see exercise as less of a means to an end, really. It's taking care of your mind. Mind, and then the body part, that's secondary. That's a bonus, right? So it's about yeah. your mind. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I think for people, and again, I imagine you talk about this because I talk to women, they come to me with like this, this high stress levels. And I talk to them about mindset work, but I also explain when your stress level is really high, your brain kind of goes offline and it's hard to really kind of think deliberately. So what can we do to bring our stress level down? And I talk to them about how to complete the stress cycle and how exercise can be so helpful. So I've started to say to the folks, I said, even if you just go out for a 15 minute walk, kind of like take note, where's my stress level before I get out for my walk? And what is it after, right? Yeah. yeah. So I imagine you like help people see that, yes, there are benefits outside of just I completed X amount of exercise today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's been shown over and over again. You can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety from one bout of exercise. Like this is after one session. This is not even what? cumulative. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and even... So again, I got to put in the plug for strength training, but this is even true for strength training. So it's cool because I'm a science nerd, but strength training is now getting its own body of evidence to support its use, not just for the physical benefits, but for the mental and emotional benefits. There was a study that examined well-being, and it was found that people who participated in regular strength training had an overall increased self-concept and overall just increased well-being, and that's independent of any other activity. So all of this is to say, find your thing and do it because the, again, the physical benefits, that's one thing, that's the bonus, but the mental benefits, that's priceless. And that's what it's about. That's what it's for. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So good. And I have to say, I've jumped on the strength training bandwagon. You know, when I was younger, like, you know, sometimes at practice, they had us like lift some weights. I just didn't really think about it. I just wanted to get out there and run and like do some intervals and stuff like that. But as I've gotten older and again, been injured a lot in the last several years, I've done more. So I am a huge believer in doing my squats and lunges and things like that to keep my glutes firing when I'm out there, whether it's biking or running. And it helps me kind of get to the end point. But I do realize that I'm getting stronger. So like that feels really good. I love the fact 
that I'm getting stronger and I can talk to my teenagers about, you know, being a strong woman. I love that. When would you suggest that people start strength training? Probably well before your mid forties, but Um, what what are your suggestions? Start now, like today, start yesterday. Yeah. There, there's no better time. So especially now, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 45. I'm hitting that perimenopausal phase in my life. And again, just knowing what we know about inevitable muscle loss as we age, the time to start strength training is now. And again, it does not have to be that you have to go grunt it out at the gym with like the bros. This is, I mean, again, just simple movements. I mean, there's a few like key compound movements. You already said them. So squats, deadlifts, chest presses, rows, overhead shoulder presses. Like those are my five. Like if you do no other exercises, those are the five that I would tell any person to get good at. And here's why they're compound multi-joint movements that will hit up multiple muscle groups, but they're also functional. Like think about an overhead press when you reach overhead. Think about a deadlift when you go to pick up a heavy box. Think about a squat. Those are all functional moves. So again, it doesn't just have to be about like getting a rounded booty. It can be about functional too, which again, is going to get more and more important as we age. So yes, that's, and and two, I mean, there's the benefit from like a metabolic standpoint, muscle is more metabolically active than fat. The inevitable abdominal fat that some perimenopausal women get, we can mitigate those effects by strength training. And there's literature to back that up. So again, there are so many reasons to start strength training. I mean, I could go on forever about this, but yes, the time time is now. (laughs) Yay. I love that. And again, I love the functionality. I'm like, I want to be someone who can keep up with my children. I mean, now I raise my children. We go out hiking and I'd have to cajole them along every mile, you know, like here's a gummy bear. Let's keep going. And now we go on these long, beautiful hikes and I'm like the back of the pack, which is fine, but I want to be able to continue to do things that I enjoy. So I have started to realize like, if I want to keep doing these things, I need to maintain muscle and probably actually build a little bit more muscle. And I love it because I've been traveling and speaking at conferences and I always just do my little carry on bag. I love those shoulder presses because I can easily put my carry on bag up above. Oh yeah. And it's I'm- really awesome. When somebody asks you for help, and you're like, no, I got it. Thanks. Totally. And I'm like, no, this is good. And I realized like, this is not a problem for me because again, I've been doing the work. So could you name again? I love that you broke it down so simply. And again, I'm going to put links to Carrie's information so you can like get more details, but tell me again, the five. Sure. So I just call them the big five. And these are really the moves that will give you the biggest return on your investment. If you're going to invest the time and energy and strength training, you want to get some return on it. Um, so the big five, so deadlifts, squats, chest presses, some sort of rowing or pull-ups and overhead shoulder presses. And if you think about those moves, again, they're all compound multi-joint movements that involve multiple muscle groups. So again, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, the biggest calorie burn. You're going to get the biggest opportunity for muscle growth right there. So those five. And somebody will say, hey, where are my bicep curls at? Because I always get asked that question. What about my bicep curls? What about my tricep extensions? The thing is, is that those muscles will get worked within those compound joint movements. Movements. So that's why if you don't have a lot of time and if you don't have a lot of equipment, focus on those five things and you'll get most every muscle group covered. Amazing. So ladies, it doesn't take a lot of time. No. And again, I'm going to put a link to your podcast because I've listened to several episodes and they're phenomenal. You walk people through kind of like, hey, you want to get started? This is what you can consider. So if yeah. someone is listening and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to start thinking about like movement as not only like beneficial for my mind, but it's also just a great way to relieve my stress. And like, 
I just want to incorporate this. And also today is the day to start strength training. Where does someone begin if they have no idea? Yeah. I mean, start with those five. If you, let me think about this for a minute. So what if like someone doesn't even have like weights at home? Should they get a trainer? Should they probably just come and meet with you and you would help (laughs) them start? I would imagine. Yes. I mean, that's the beauty of social media. There's so many different, you know, you, I, I have a YouTube channel, so I post videos there six days a week of various workouts and those incorporate those big five. So I do that just as a service to my clients, but it's public now. So anybody can access those videos. That's phenomenal. Actual- we were, we are going to put a link and I may go check it out later today and do my little workout. Be forewarned, they're not fancy like at all. It is like my gym hair. It's like a minute and a half long demonstrations of the exercises, like not fancy at all. But what I do is section out the workouts. So it will tell you what workout to do, what exercises to do in what order, how many sets, how many reps with the video demonstrations. But again, it's not fancy, but again, if you, if you want a place to start, there's, there's a place. And if you don't have equipment, start with your body weight. If you have a body, you can do squats, you can do lunges and you can do push-ups. Those three in and of itself, those are classic moves for a reason. And it doesn't have to get any fancier than that. So that would, that would be the basic. If you've never done any sort of strength training before, start with your body weight. And then you can add things like tubes and loops, which are cheaper. And you can get those on, I mean, and you can get them on Amazon. You can start adding resistance by adding tubes and loops. And then when you're ready, if you're ready, you can add on dumbbells. So it does not have to be, you don't have to have a fully outfitted gym in order to start strength training. Not at all. Oh my gosh. I love that because I think some people that feels like a barrier to entry, right? Like I don't have anything. I can't do this. Yeah. So good. I, before the pandemic, I had no weights in my house. Fascinating. Okay. Well then we started, you know, coming home and figuring out what to do, but there have been times again, when I've been traveling that I will like maybe go for a 30 minute walk or a run or something like that. And I'll come back to my room and I will do some squats and lunges and maybe some core. It's a heck of a workout people. If you have a body and you can count, you can get a workout done. Like it does not have to be complicated. In fact, I don't want it to be complicated because I want it to be something that's easy and simple and that you can do and you can squeeze it in anywhere. Keep it simple. I love that. I was just going to say, do you know what I love about this whole conversation is the way you make it seem so doable? Because I hope my whole philosophy is like, I want to keep this simple and fun. And it seems to me like you have a very similar attitude, like, hey, let's keep this simple. Let's keep it doable because life is crazy and hard enough. As a physician mama or a working mom, a working woman, life is full enough. So we certainly don't need to complicate this. So I love, we talked a little bit about movement quite a bit. That was awesome. And the strength start today is the best time. And can any just like simple suggestions if you're thinking about nutrition? I mean, I know you could probably talk for hours and hours about nutrition and again, go check out her podcast. But if you had just like simple tips, if someone's like, you know what, I just kind of want to clean things up a little bit. Where might you suggest to start? So I am going to just, again, same thing, similar to exercise. It should be simple. What I will say over and over again, especially depending on your goals, I have a number of women that come to me wanting to lose weight or eat better. And the first thing we will talk through is what is your plan? So I came up with a mnemonic. It's PCP. So a plan, need a plan. So telling me I just need to be more mindful. That doesn't tell me what you're going to have for dinner this evening, right? It just needs, we need to talk through it. We need to have a plan. And it doesn't mean that you have to nickel and dime yourself for this half cup of rice or weigh and measure your food. No, none of that. But just, this is how I want to eat. This is what I'm going to eat. These are the fruits and vegetables and grains and lean proteins that I'm going to have in my house, right? Because some people have trouble even determining that. So we have to come up with a plan. 
then we got to follow the plan. And that's where consistency comes through. So again, following the plan for one day only to not follow it for another six, that's not consistency. And for any change to happen, there needs to be consistency established. That would be the second piece. So you have a plan, you have consistency, and then you have a boatload of patience. Because again, depending on what your goal is, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to gain muscle, whether it's just even to be able to stick with the plan, that requires patience, a lot of it. So Honestly, it's those three things. And again, these are not fancy. This is not rocket science at all. It's let's decide how you want to eat. Let's put it into action and follow through and keep following through and then troubleshoot the times when it gets hard because that's really it, right? Like when clinic goes long or one kid has to be somewhere at 4.30 and the other one has to be somewhere at seven o'clock. So when do we eat dinner? And what is that dinner going to look like? Those are the things that trip people up. But if we can get a plan on that and then even have a backup plan for when everything goes haywire, that feels so much better than the drama of I'm driving home from clinic and oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Who's going to eat? Who's going to be where when? Imagine how much easier it would be if it's already decided ahead of time and you come home and you're like, oh yeah, I know I have chicken tacos in the crock pot or whatever, right? To have that plan ahead of time, that removes so much drama out of nutrition. It's phenomenal. So good. Oh my gosh. And again, I love this PCP, plan, (laughs) consistency, patience. And then I imagine, I love that. It is so good. And then I imagine that that mindset piece comes in to help, again, deciding ahead of time and not to beat ourselves up when we don't nail it right away. We're perfectionists. Mm -hmm. We're high achievers. So my listeners have heard me over and over again say progress, not perfection. I imagine you say something very similar. Um, Yes. Yes, of course. I mean, there's a difference between self-compassion and letting yourself off the hook. And we spend a lot, a lot of time working through that because again, none of us got where we are by going easy on ourselves. And that was fine for medical school and getting good grades, but it's different when we're talking about taking care of your mind and your body. It doesn't work the same. And so we spend a lot of time working about talking about having self-compassion when things don't go as planned. So yes, um, it's progress. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree with you, Michelle. Oh my gosh. This is so awesome. So I feel like we hit the trifecta. We talked a little bit about all the areas. Is there something that I haven't brought up or asked you about that you think would be important for my listeners to hear? Yeah. I mean, I think my take-home message that I would want anybody to know who either listens to me or comes across my stuff or anything is really, it's very simple. When you take care of yourself, everyone around you wins. I mean, I will say that. I'll put on a t-shirt. I will, that that is my message and i think that it is so so important that we take care of ourselves and to recognize that it is not selfish at all in fact it is essential in order for us to be able to go and then take care of our patients take care of our partners take care of our families all of the people who need us so when you take care of yourself in the form of eating moving and then again and most importantly thinking then you're on fire and you can go give it to everybody else who needs you Oh my gosh. I mean, I knew I loved you. And then the way you said that, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I've been saying for years, people. (laughs) The heart feeds itself first. We have to take care of ourselves. We give so much away and it's not selfish to take care of ourselves. You said it much more beautifully and succinctly than that, (laughs) but that is awesome. What's the t-shirt going to say? Because I'm buying that. Uh, when you take care of yourself, everyone around you wins. I have a lot of t-shirt ideas though, so don't. <laughs> no, I love it. I do too. I love that one though. That's fantastic. And again, I think sometimes, you know, listeners, I used to be the one who was always very skeptical, like, well, you have no idea what my life is like. Yeah, we do know. We know what it's like to be a busy physician mom, um, a busy working mom. And this is the key 
to feeling good and feeling like you've got this. Yeah. And it's not easy every day, right? But now you've got so many tools that you can rely on. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. So again, tell us all the things. Tell us all the places where people can find you. Because <laughs> sure. I know my listeners are like, oh my gosh, I got to go find this woman. I got to hire her. I yeah. want to work with her. I want to figure out my nutrition, my movement. I want to make a plan. So tell us all the places where they can find you. And then I will also put links in the show notes. Awesome. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Carrie Holland MD. And then I also have a Facebook group for physician moms. And you don't even have to be a mom. It's strong doctor moms. So if you are interested in strength training, I post a workout there. Same workout that I put on YouTube. I post it there six days a week. And then I also post other things just related to these three things, eating, moving, and thinking. There's a lot of book recommendations on there too. Um, but it's fun because it's interactive. It's other physicians who are asking questions, sharing wins, asking asking advice. Um, so that would be one place. I'm on Instagram at Carrie Holland MD. Um, and then my website, um, CarrieHollandMD.com. And then of course the podcast, the Strong as a Working Mom podcast. Um, it's a weekly podcast. And again, it's on one of those three things, eating, moving, or thinking, often multiple um, of those things. But yeah, you can that's where you can find me. Oh my gosh. So good. So many wonderful resources for all you listeners. And I'm telling you, Carrie is a dynamo. She inspires me to lift a little heavy because I've listened to her <laughs> podcast. I'm like, you know what? Yes, I want functionality, but yeah, I kind of just want to like, you know, get uh, super ripped, right? So uh, yeah. Know. Strong feels good. Strong, Strong feels good. Strong feels good. And I am so grateful that you took time out of your life to come in and speak to all my listeners today because, again, I just, you inspire me and I love the work that you're doing and I love sharing it with all my people. Well, it goes right back to you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. And I can't wait to see you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Same here. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to take control of your life? Put these tools into action, I'm here to help. I offer free consultations for physician moms to see if my one-on-one -on -one coaching package is right for you. You can sign up for a free consult at www.mamadoclifecoach.com.